us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And for all of that, God, you get all the glory. You get all the honor and you get all the praise. And God, I thank you today for a spirit of rest upon your people, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for the spirit of rest, resting upon your people right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you're the present help in our time of trouble. So we honor you. We glorify you in this in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to hear what the Lord has to say today to all the mothers. I want to say happy Mother's Day. And I want to tell you today that God created you with purpose. God created you with purpose. Open your Bible to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. And let's hear what God has to say unto us on today. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. And we thank God for the reading of his word, and we honor God, and we honor his word. The Bible reads, To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on God has created you with purpose, and I pray that I don't keep you long, and I'm going to try not to keep you long, but we need to talk to the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to say. Amen? So we want to obey him. When we look at being created with purpose, it's why you exist. And I want to encourage the women on this morning because sometimes, We feel like, why do I exist? What purpose do I have? God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. God, I don't even know how my life is going to end. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. God, it seems as if I'm just by myself. But God has created you with a purpose. When we go back to Genesis, I always go back to Genesis because when we look at Genesis, this is the way that God intended for it to be. And we see how God created everything the way he wanted to be. Everything was created with a purpose. We look at the earth. It it was um, to bring forth what God would have for it to bring forth. The trees was to bring forth, was to produce after its own kind. So everything has a purpose. But what God did after he created everything, what he did, he saved man for last. And when we look at the book of Genesis, it said, then God said in Genesis 1:26, let us make human beings in our image and likeness. So when we look at man there, it's not talking about right there, uh, only a male. It's talking about humankind. So God created all man, male and female in his image and his likeness. So women, when you look at that, you got to understand you were created in the nature and the characteristics of God to represent him on this earth. Not only you, but also men. So the first priority that we have really is to bring glory to God. Our purpose is to bring glory to God where God can be glorified. When you look at his creation, his creation is bringing him glory. 
you know, and everything that he has made should be bringing him glory. So when you are created in his image, you should be bringing forth the glory of God. Everything that we do, whatever we eat, whatever we eat, whatever we eat, whatever we drink, and anything we do should be bringing glory to God. He should be the one being glorified. This is why every day we should say, it's not about me. It's about him. It's about who I am in him. So women, think about when you're in him, God created you in him for a purpose. And everything that we do, if we do it the way that God would have for us to do it, we will be fulfilling that purpose that God has for our lives. So when you look at that image, he said, I'm going to create them in my image, in my likeness. What is his image? God is a spirit. And being that he is a spirit, we were created spiritual beings, meaning that the only way we can commune with God, communicate with God is in spirit and in truth. So God gave us his very nature, his very spirit, so we could commune with him, so we could have fellowship with him. Without having his nature, we would not be able to communicate. We would not be able to commune, to fellowship with God. So God said, not only am I going to give you my nature I'm going to give you my attributes so when people see us they shouldn't be looking at us they should see him we should be revealing his glory if you're not women revealing the glory of God it is because you're in the flesh you're not walking according to the spirit when you walk according to the spirit, it means that you're killing that flesh. Flesh must die in order for people to see him. So God said, I'm giving you my nature. I'm giving you my characteristics. And one characteristic of God is love. God is love. So what God did, he shed abroad his love in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. So if we are not loving, it is because we don't know the love of the father and it's not because we don't have his love it's because God has given us his love God has given us everything we need for him to be glorified on this earth he has given us the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit the first fruit is love if you can do that first fruit guess what all the others is going to follow so if you can walk in the love of God, and when you walk in the love of God, you treat people like you want to be treated. When you walk in the love of God, you love people even when you're hated. When you walk in the love of God, you bless even when you're cur when people are cursing you. And you pray for people who despitefully use you. So women, the first thing that we have to know, we were created to bring God glory. And in order for us to bring God glory, we're going to have to be born again right we're going to have to accept what Jesus done on our behalf so we have the nature we have the characteristics of God and that's a purpose for us our purpose for existing is to bring glory to God and the only way we can do it is allow him to shine through us and to know that it's not about us it's all about him so he said let us make human beings in our image and our likeness so you were created in the image and the likeness of God so we should shine forth there should not be any darkness 
that's amongst us. Because when we come in on the scene, guess what we're doing? We're reflecting him. They're seeing him. They're not seeing us. No matter what's going on in your life, they supposed to see God and not us. This is why when Jesus was with his disciples for the time that he was with them for those three years, Jesus was showing forth the father. Jesus was doing, he was saying what the father was saying, and then he would do what the father would do. And then one day, Philip say, show us the father. Now he'd been with Jesus that long. And Jesus was showing forth the father, but he did not really know the father in that way. So Jesus said, Philip, if you have seen me, you should have seen the father. Women of God, are we showing forth the father? Are we showing forth the flesh? Because when you show forth the Father, you're not making about you no more. Even in the midst of your hurt, even in the midst of your disappointment, you're still showing forth the Father. Even in the midst of being talked about, even in the midst of feeling rejected, you're still showing forth the Father. How are you showing forth the Father? It is because when you think about the goodness of your Father and all that He done for you and how He accepted you when you wasn't acceptable, how He adopted you when you think about how he chose you how he redeemed you how he forgave you how he delivered you how he healed you you begin to give him glory and God's glory begin to come through you you begin to think on things that are above and not on things that are of this earth you think on the goodness of God and when you think where he brought you from and what he done for you, all of us was not saved all our lives. So we have to remember when we're looking at other women, when we're seeing what they're going through and we're putting them down, we should be lifting them up because we know where we were and who we are now that we're in him so this is why we should be bringing him glory outside of how we feel. So God created us to bring him glory. God created us to praise him. God created us so we could be representatives of him on this earth. He had to create us in his image and his likeness for us to represent him. Who would want somebody to represent them that were not created in his likeness or in his image? Who would? So when God created us, he said, I want you to go forth and I want you to represent me here on this earth. So God gave us the authority. He gave us the right to do that. He gave us the right to reign as priests and as kings. We are a royal priesthood. That means that because of Jesus, come on, we can go before the father. That's why we are priests because Jesus is the high priest. And then we are kings. He gave us the right to rule and reign. So see yourself as being royalty quit looking at yourself outside of who you are in him come on you don't look at yourself in the flesh you look at yourself who you are in the spirit and we have to remind ourselves every day that's not who I am that's not who God created me to be God didn't create me to gossip God didn't create me to bite backbite God didn't create me to lie God didn't create me for those things God created me to bring forth his glory and even when I fall and I remember what God has done for me I can get back up and say I am chosen so when you remember those things 
Come on, you don't have to stay where you are. That's why you have to be in tune with him. In tune with what he has done. Not in tune with your emotions. See, our emotions are always changing women. Sometimes men don't know whether to say hello or goodbye because our emotions are so up and down every day. One day we up, the next day we down. One day we're laughing and the next day we're crying. The men don't know what to do with us women, but thank God for our father. Thank God for a father who knows the transition and thank God for a father who knows when we're going through changes in our lives. That's why we have to get to know him as Abba Father. So we have to take the time to know what God has given us as women. Women, you were created with purpose. So don't let people look at you any differently outside of who you are in him. Don't let people see you in the flesh. Allow people to see who you are in the spirit. Amen. So you got to go into the word of God to know who you are. So God created us with purpose. God created us in his image and in his likeness. God created us to have dominion, to rule and reign over this earth. Not only do a man do it, but a woman does it as well. We can rule and reign. God has given us authority. Amen. So we got to use the authority that God has given us. We don't have to wait on our husbands. We don't have to wait on our children. The only thing we got to do is rise up and be blessed. Amen. And the things that God has given us. You know, on Mother's Day, people be talking about a Proverbs 31 woman. How in the world can you be a Proverbs 31 woman when you don't know who you are in Christ? Because see, some women fake it to make it. But when you know who you are in Christ and when you get to know him, you live as a Proverbs 31 woman. You don't have to be looking at those attributes of a Proverbs 31 woman because if you are fellowshipping with your father, that's just who you are. That's just who you're going to be. This is how your children are going to see you. This is how your husband's going to see you. This is how people around you are going to see you. They're going to identify you as that Proverbs 31 woman because of who you are in him. Not because of you, but because of him, because of God, because of who God created you to be in him. You can live as a Proverbs 31 woman. Then God told them, I look at both of them, but I want to go here with being married. I'm going to go over this a little bit and then I'm going to carry on somewhere else. I look in the Bible how... When God said he created them in his image, we know it was male and female, right? So we know both male and female, they had equal rights with God. Both of them had that dominion. They had that right to rule and reign. But then what God did, y'all, they were spiritual beings, right? So we know that God had to breathe into that body that he had formed, right? When he breathed into that body that he had formed, man, there was man. That means everybody, Everybody was in that one body, but God had to get everybody out of that one body. Have y'all thought about it? Man is humankind. When you look in the Bible, it's everybody. When you look at man, it's everybody. It's male and female all in that one body. So when God blew breath into that body, that body became a what? A living soul. So God took that body 
He placed it into the Garden of Eden. Eden was paradise. Eden was the pres- where the presence of God was. So when he put that body in paradise in Eden, he told the man, this is what I want you to do. I want you to work in this garden. I want you to keep this garden. I want you to guard this garden. I want you to protect this garden. So he gave that to man, right? But then he told the man, I'm giving you a command. Don't eat from what? This tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when he was speaking to that man, he was speaking to everybody, was he not? But this is what God had to do with that man. See, we have to understand the way God has created things is the way God wants them to be. People take things out of content because this is what the world does. God wants us to live according to his kingdom, not according to the kingdom of this world. So when he took that man, he said, I don't want man to be alone. He said, I want man to have a helpmate. So what God had to do, remember, he blew breath into that one man. That man became a what? A living soul. But when it came to the woman and God put the man asleep, And he took from the the man's side, he made woman. Now check this out. When he made woman, this says that he didn't only, he didn't do it like he did that man. Guess what he did? He built that woman. That means that when he pulled that woman from that man, this is why Adam says she's bone of my bone. She's flesh of my flesh. But guess what woke Adam up even the more? He said, she come from man. But she is not a man because God built her. Men, you know what I'm talking about. You see a woman that's built. God built that woman. He shaped that woman. Get it? The way he wanted that woman to be because the woman had to be different from man. So the reason why you look at woman is because that woman come from a man. But that woman, God created her with a womb. Woman. Y'all don't get it? So when he built her, she was not looking like a man. So we have to, you know, in society today, they say male and male and female and female. But that's not the way God created it to be. So women, you were not created to be a male. God built you the way he wanted you to be built. This is what he done. God took and built you like he wanted you to be built. So you had to look differently from a man. That's why you call woman because you got a wound. And that wound is where, you know, the babies come through. Come on, somebody. So God had to. So when Adam looked at Eve, he said, you are woman. Because he liked the way Eve was built. He liked the way he looked at her and said, oh, you don't look like no man. God built you just for me. So that's why he said, you bone of my bone, you flesh of my flesh. And then he said that he would leave his father and mother. I'm going to cleave to that. I'm going to be joined under that because she ain't like me. She's something different. She's something that can please me. Understand? So when a man look at a man, what kind of pleasure is he getting? When a woman look at a woman, what kind of pleasure? Because God built. See, that's how the enemy deceives. 
So we got to understand God's structure, God's way of being, God's way of doing. So you don't settle for anything outside of the way. Come on, your purpose, women, is not to settle for anything outside of the way that God is doing it. We don't settle. We do things according to God, not according to man. And when you know uh, God's way, you can stand up for his way no matter what people say. Knowing the truth is what makes you free. Come on, we, we get silent when it comes to these things. We can speak truth in love. We can go to the scripture and say, God built the woman. The way, y'all, come on, he took woman out of man. But he built the woman. Come on, he brewed breath into that man. It was one man, but everybody was in that one man. Everybody. So God said, how am I going to get everybody out of that one man? He said, I'm going to build a woman. I'm going to let the man and woman come together. And there's going to be a lot of everybody. Come on, somebody. You get it? That's what happened. Everybody was in that one man. God said, they got to come out. He said, so I got to uh, have a way for them to come out of that one man. He's got the whole world. God did that thing, didn't he? Come on, God ain't no slow leap. He knew what he was doing. He didn't leave that man to himself. He said, you carrying everybody, but I'm going to get everybody out of you. So I got to build a woman. And that woman got to have a womb. See, God does things the way that he needs to do it. Women, you were created with purpose. Don't get outside of your purpose. Don't get outside of how God created you. And how God wants things for you. Don't let people be talking to you nonsense. This is why you got to stay in the word of God to know what God is saying. Then God began to take me through the word of God. And he's taking me to the book of Ruth. Y'all, Ruth has so much in that book. We just have to take the time to know what God is saying in Ruth. Go with me to Ruth chapter 1, verse 14 through 18. 14 through 18, I'm reading that expanded Bible. And I know women, y'all got plans today, but I'm going to get this word out of me. Amen. I'm going to bring it forth. And that way you can meditate on this word over your dinner or wherever your husband or whoever is taking you. Amen. So Ruth chapter 1, verse 14 through 18, listen at this. The women cried together out loud, raised their voices and wept again. This is what was happening. Naomi has lost her two sons. Her daughter-in-laws have lost their two husbands, has lost their husband. And Naomi was going back to, you know, where she was born. She was going back. And they were following her to go back with her. And it says that they cried together. They lift up their voices again. Then Opa kissed her mother-in-law, Naomi goodbye. But Ruth held on, clung to her tightly. What was happening was, Naomi said, I don't have any more sons to give you. She said, go back. Go back to your people. 
Go back to your God. So um, Opa said, okay. So she kissed her and she went back. So she went back to the gods that that is not God. She went back to, you know, serving her God. But Ruth chose to cling, to stick close, to join herself unto Naomi. When we look at that woman, this is the beginning of her purpose. She had to let go of herself. Why was she sticking with Naomi? Because I believe Naomi taught them in the ways of the Lord. And I believe that Ruth, when she was hearing concerning Naomi's God, and she was watching Naomi and how Naomi carried herself, she wanted to be a part of what Naomi had. This is why women, people watch you. They watch how you carry yourself. They watch what you're going to do in situations. And the more they watch you, they want what you have. They, some women want your husbands because they're watching you so close. But they don't know what you go through with them husbands. They don't know what you've been through with those husbands. They don't know what you're going to go through with those husbands, right, men? So you got to be a praying woman, amen, to be in a marriage. You got to be a praying man to be with a woman. But anyway, she she was clinging to Naomi. She was sticking to Naomi. And Naomi said to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her own people and her own gods. Go back with her. But listen at Ruth's reply. She said, but Ruth said, don't beg, urge me to leave, abandon you, or to stop following, turning back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me terribly, do to me, and even more, if I do not keep this promise. Now look what um, Ruth did. She gave up herself. Doesn't that remind you of Abraham when God told him to leave behind everything that he was familiar with? Women, in order to fulfill the purpose, in order to bring glory to God, you got to let go of everything. You got to leave everything and say, it's not about me. It's all about what he want to do in me and through me. So she gave up everything to follow Naomi. And then it says in verse um, 18, When not even death will separate us. Isn't that something? That's why the Bible says nothing shall separate us from the love of God. When Naomi saw that Ruth had firmly made up her mind, was resolved, determined to go with her, she stopped arguing with her, talking to her. You got to have a made up mind, women, in order to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Your mind is so made up. Your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your cousin, your children, your, your um, friends, your relatives. Nobody will change your mind. Your mind is so made up. It is determined to do what God has called you to do. Even if people hate you, it doesn't matter. You're not going to turn back. The Bible says whoever put their hands to the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So you got to be willing to give up everything, lose desire in yourself to follow God. That's what Ruth did. See, we have to take the word of God and we have to put ourselves right where Ruth was and say, God, have I given up everything? Have I let go of everything to follow you? Lord, have I let go of my desires? Have I let go of my wants? Have I let go of me, God, to follow you?
She said, I'll go where you go. I will lay my head where you lay your head. That's what we need to say. God, wherever you want me to be, that's where I want to be. God, it's a lot of places I want to go. But if that's not where you want me to go, God, I won't go. God, my life is in your hands. I'm here to please you, God, and not man. So we look at what she done. She followed Naomi. Go to chapter um, 2, verse 2. Chapter 2, verse 2. I'm just pulling out a few uh, pointers. It said, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, now listen at this. This is Ruth talking to Naomi. Please let me go to the fields. Maybe someone will be kind enough in whose eyes I find grace and favor will let me gather the grain he leaves behind. Naomi said, go, my daughter. Now look what um, Ruth was willing to do. Ruth was willing to go out. And glean behind the rest. And in the Bible it talks about how, you know, they're supposed to leave stuff for the poor. So Ruth was not ashamed. She said, whatever they leave, that's what I'll take. See, the problem is we always trying to get more women. We can't be satisfied with what we have. See, Ruth was satisfied with whatever is left there, I'll take it. Come on, women. If somebody gave us $10, we look at her. That ain't enough. You can't give me more than that. Let your husband give you $10. He might get slapped. Where I supposed to go on Mother's Day with $10? Is you lost your mind? Come on, if you be faithful over the little, God will make you ruler over much. Women, we have gotten such in a place that we think that little ain't much. We look at little like it's nothing, but you got to be so grateful over what you have. And when God see your grateful heart, he can bless you with much. We don't just look at a $5 bill like it's nothing. I remember when me and my husband was going through financially, when I got demoted on my job, I looked at the Lord and I was so sincere. I said, Lord, if I cannot be faithful over five, don't give me 50. Some people say, why would you say that? Because I wanted to be trusted from now on with what I had. God, if I cannot give you out of $5, I know I ain't going to give you out of 50. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you can't give God out of five, when you get 50, he probably won't get nothing. So this is why the more, more time you spend with God, guess what? Flesh is decreasing. And the spirit of the living God began to increase on the inside of you. And you ain't looking at your money. You ain't looking at what you don't have. You're just thanking God that you have breath in your body. You're thanking God that you're in good health. You're thanking God that you have strength to go on for the next day. You're thanking God for just touching you to wake you up. You need to give God some glory because without him, y'all, we are nothing. We need to start being faithful over the little. And God said, I will make you rulers over much. Quit walking over little bits of money. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Come on, some of us don't even want to take a job that's paying less. We want more. But God know where we need to be for such a time as this. God know where our hearts is. He said, why would I elevate you with 25 an hour and you can't even be faithful over 10 an hour? Quit praying to me and asking me for more and you're not being faithful over the less. 
Come on, when we look at applications, come on, we all did it. How much, the first thing we want to ask, how much you paying? Come on, who don't do it? See, God had to take me up and bring me back down. Because it seemed like the more we got, the more I wanted. But when that money <laughs> began to dwindle down, oh, Lord, my flesh was tore up from the floor up. I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do now? See, God has a way of bringing us back to him. Sometimes we're thinking we're where we need to be with him, women. Mm-mm. But when things begin to happen in your life, you begin to say, God, I'm not where I thought I was. So, Lord, I need help where I am now so I can get where you carrying me to serve the purpose that you have in my life to bring you glory. Because it's not about me. So if it means taking little, God, for you to be glorified, for people to see you and what I have, I'm going to give you some glory. That's what you got to do. Because, see, God took me and my husband from here to here. But when we were down here, we begin to glorify him and say, God, whatever you want to do with what's here, God, we're going to give you glory. And God ain't through yet. Come on, somebody. But some of us still want more. Some of you still just like a dog chasing his tail. Trying to get more. And when you get more, it's never enough. Come on. The more we get, the less we have. Because we still want more, 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 more. We're still out to get more. But look at Ruth. Ruth said, I will glean behind them. Whatever they drop is good enough for me. So first thing, women, to reach the purpose, to glorify God, you have to say, God, whatever you give me, I'll be satisfied. Because God ain't going to leave you where you are. I want y'all to know that. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And it comes by through Christ Jesus. But God said, I want to see what you do with little first. I want to see, can you give somebody from the little first before I give you much? If you cannot bless somebody besides yourself. See, God said, I don't just give you more for you. I give you more to see if you're going to give it to somebody else. I don't give you more for you to just get a better car or better house. God said, I want to see if you think like I think. You're supposed to have the mind of Christ. You're supposed to be willing to bless the poor, not make yourself more richer. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to help those in need. And when God see you helping those in need and not looking to yourself, come on, your house is full with treasure. God end up giving you overflow. Because you are a giver. That's why he say when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. But you got to be willing to give out of your little for much to come. Some people make it about them. Well, Lord, what about me? They look like they have what they need. But Ruth, she didn't make it about her. And by Ruth not making it about her, she was seen. 
come on, who's going to look at a poor person behind somebody, not lest their heart is right with God? So when Boaz, I'm talking about Ruth purpose, y'all. I'm still talking about purpose. So when Boaz came and saw Ruth gleaming behind them, Boaz took notice of her. And when Boaz took notice of her, y'all, let me go back to what Boaz said. Let me go to the book of Ruth. See, some of y'all looking for a man, but you ain't willing to take little and get where you need to be before that man come. Some of y'all looking for a man to take care of you and your motive is wrong. Uh-huh. And some men is looking for a woman to take care of you. You were the first one he told to work in that garden. Come on, somebody. See, man, men, you supposed to be preparing a house, a home for that woman. Let me tell y'all this. I'm going to get to Ruth, but let me tell y'all this. This is the way society is today. You are finding a man trying to find a woman. But once he found that woman, a woman that's well established, a woman uh, meets that man and that man says, I can take care of you. She said, in what way? I have a house. Already got a car. Already got money in the bank. So how are you going to take care of me? So that woman foolishly bring that man in her house. So how that man takes care of her is by whooping her. And he takes away from her her self-esteem. He takes away from her what she have built. And she think that's love. So what am I saying to you women? If you already are established, the first establishment that need to be made is with God. When you get yourself in a place with God, you ain't going to allow any man to come into your life. Because if they are not like the father, they can't be about you. If they can't treat you like the father would treat you, they can't. You got to first ask them. You can't do nothing for me. Let me ask you this. Do you know God? Is God first and foremost in your life? See, God got to take first place in your life. See, what we do, we go after these men that don't even know God. So how are they going to treat you and love you like Jesus loved the church if they don't know God? They can only love you the way they think they need to be loved. So going back to Ruth. Don't bring in and everybody in your house, because once you bring them in your house, it's hard to get rid of them. Did y'all know once they get an address? Once they get an address, it's hard to kick them out. Hard to get rid of them. And they say, is that where they mail go? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's their house. I remember it was this lady. I'm not going to call her name. She had called me to her house, and she said, he got to get out my house. So she called the cops and told the cops, Can you get him out of my house? He's in here smoking weed. He's doing everything he can in my house. He says, he got an address in your house? She said, yeah. She said, he's in that room right there. They said, I can't go in that room. That's his room. You better watch who you invite to your house, people. You better watch who you bring in your house because it's hard to get him out of your house. People know this. And then you got to go to court. You got to pay the court costs. To get them out of your house and then the court have the disaster to say, give them 30 more days. Come on. And then you can't even get your money that they owe you. Come on, because you got to pay the court, the cost of the court. You take a judgment out on them. They don't care. So there you are with no money. 
and they're still in your house. Hello, somebody. I know I'm talking right. Been there, done that. Thank God for Jesus. Had to love them outside of what they owe. And every day when I saw what they owe, I was like, help me, Lord. Help me to be who you call me to be, a woman with purpose. Because my purpose is, I'm going to Ruth. Okay, let me tell you about Ruth. But when Boaz saw Ruth, he began to say how he noticed, how he heard, how she did with Naomi. How she left what she was familiar with. And how she became a part of Naomi's life and she began to serve her God. So this is what he told her. I don't want you to glean behind them no more. He even told them to leave more for this woman. He even told her, I want you to eat with them. See, God was giving her grace. He was giving her favor. Why? Because God knew her heart. When God know your heart, see, your heart got to be right before God. Some of us try to give because somebody else gave. But if you giving with the wrong motive, that don't mean nothing to God. But if you giving the little that you have to help somebody and you ain't thinking about what you gave, but you know you're giving it from your heart, God blesses that. You don't supposed to be seen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You don't supposed to be peeking out because he's in you, the hope of glory. You supposed to be in him. So God gave Ruth favor. But look at this, y'all. After he gave Ruth favor, she would come back and she would tell Naomi everything that was going on with her, right? Everything that was happening. And then Naomi told her to lay at his feet. Look look at how she was. She was so humble. She was so um, righteous of doing things in the right way. Women, we have to do things according to God, not according to us. Come on, don't be trying to trick a man thinking you laying at his feet because, you know, you don't want nothing from him. <clears throat> Some of us lay at men's feet because we want something from them. But we have to do it in a righteous way. So we know what end up happening. Go to Ruth chapter 4. And I want y'all to see how God turned things around. See, God had a purpose for Ruth. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 4 verse 13 through 17. So Boaz took Ruth home as his wife. And it says she, he had sexual relations with her. And the Lord let her become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. The women told Naomi, praise, blessed be the Lord who gave you this grandson. Has not left you today without a guardian, a kinsman, a redeemer. May he become famous in Israel. He will give you new, restore a new life and will take care of you in your old age because of your daughter-in-law who loves you. Look what love does. Love denies yourself. She is better for you than seven sons because she has given birth to your grandson. Naomi took the boy, held him in her arms, and it said, and cared for him. The neighbors gave the boy his name, saying, this boy, born from Naomi, they call him Obadad. Obadad was the father of Jess, and Jess was the father of David, and this is who the Messiah would. Y'all, look at the purpose. Look, but look how Ruth did go through some challenges. To fulfill the purpose, she had to leave what she was familiar with. She had to let go of herself, her own desires. Women, I'm asking you today, what have you really let go of for Jesus? 
Because if you have let go of things for Jesus, it's not going to bother you what other people have or what you don't have. It's not going to bother you when somebody get married before you get married. It's not going to bother you with somebody having children before you have children. It's not going to bother you because your heart is fixed and you're trusting in the Lord. And you're saying, God, I'm not going to be moved by what the world is doing. I'm only going to be moved by you. So Ruth served her purpose. She did what God would have her to do and the Messiah come through Ruth and Boaz. Look at God. God has a purpose for each individual in this room. Spend time with God and the first purpose is to bring him glory. And when you know that you're bringing him glory, that's all that matters. You don't worry about what people say. You don't worry about how people feel about you. You don't worry about when people are trying to make you feel rejected and not accepted. You know that God has accepted you. And you have to know that whatever God placed in your hands is already blessed. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. But don't give up on what God has given you. Stay focused and say, God, I want to serve my purpose. God, I want to do what you tell me to do. Esther was another one that had a purpose. God made her queen. But Esther was different from all the other women that, you know, that had to go before the king. She didn't do like they did. And she was accepted by that king. But it came a day. When they were going to kill those Jews. See Esther's purpose? And Mordecai was there telling Esther that if she didn't save them, God would send somebody else. But he said, don't you know that God have sent you for such a time as this? And that's when Esther say, if I die, I die. But I'm going before the king. See, this is what we have to understand, women. When you have a purpose in your life, you're not going to leave this earth before that purpose is served the way God wants you to serve him. So be encouraged today on Mother's Day and know that you were created with a purpose. And you, we have to, women, love God better than we love anyone or anything else when you love him because you know he first loved you you can serve your purpose because you're not willing to get out of the will of God every day of my life I thank God for where he has me in the beginning I didn't understand I said God why was I left here I I just used to whine and complain. My sister, she's off. She's gone. Why am I here? See, God had a purpose for my life. God, why couldn't I leave this little town of Burgo? Why am I still here? I'm seeing everybody else do everything they want to do. God, why am I stuck here? And then when I look back at my life, y'all, when my mother died when I was um, two, three years old, she died. And my dad, thank God that my dad allowed God to use him to place me in my in the home of his parents. See, sometimes we can look at things like, why would my dad put me with them? But it wasn't up to him, it was up to God because God had a purpose for my life. And that purpose for my life was when he put me in the home with my grandfather and my grandmother and they showed me the way of the Lord. They showed me how to live as Um, God would have me to live. They showed me, my grandmother showed me how to treat a husband. My grandfather showed me how it was to be a father. I had a father, 
And, and my daddy was there in my life, but God had a purpose for me. He had a plan for my life and everything that granddaddy did unto the Lord, God allowed me to see things. So God had a purpose. And I would always say, why have to be in this field? Why have to cook and clean for all these people? Why have to do this? There go my grandfather, my grandmother, my uncle, my cousin. I'm washing clothes for them, cooking and cleaning for them. Y'all mad. Y'all was mad. But God had a purpose. And let me tell you what God did. When I had did all of this for them, all of a sudden in my heart, it was like, I want to move in with my daddy. This was my 12th grade year. And I moved in with my daddy and I was over there with my daddy and God allowed me to see things in my daddy. So let me tell y'all something. Don't give up women because wherever you are now, don't be trying to get out of that place so quick. Because God want to raise you up where you are in him. He want to show you different things. And that's how God made me a mother figure at a young age. God was giving me wisdom beyond my years. God was allowing me to tell older people some things that they were saying, where you get that from? It was because how I was reared. And seemed like I went from house to house cleaning and cooking and doing this and doing that. And I felt like, God, what is my purpose? But my focus was always on him. Show me what you want. Show me how you want me to do it. And y'all, I'm telling you, even with everything that God gave me, I'll never forget. Remember I was telling you, little God will make it much. I told y'all this before. I was working at Wilson's, and I believe somebody need to hear this today. I was working at Wilson, and I was started out with minimum wage, and God gave me favor there. And it reminds me how he, he'll move you up. He'll elevate you little by little when you're faithful. I was going to school um, in college. I was in my grandmother and granddaddy house. I was there helping out in that home. And this man, the, the manager, noticed me um, at Wilson. And he said, I'm going to give you a promotion. Now, he gave me the promotion outside of this other girl that was there way longer than I was. And she was mad. But anyway, I got a promotion. Y'all, I got up to $4.62 an hour, I believe. $4.62. Y'all, that was money back then. So I was so grateful to have $4. And six, some of y'all say, let somebody offer me $4. I sit home first. I draw unemployment. God might want you to take that $4. So I was so faithful over Wilson. But I remember my cousin told me, she said, they got a position here at the hospital. And I said, okay. She said, but it's paying $3 and something an hour. I said, okay. Y'all, that didn't faze me. So... It was like I was drawn to that position. Y'all, I got that position was only making $3 an hour, $3 and something hour. Somebody said, How, why would you take that? Why would you go down? Because that's where God wanted me. See, I wasn't looking at the money. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So when God placed me there, y'all, this is so funny. I don't have a problem with black nor white. But he put me in the office. I was the only cookie in that office. I was. But guess what? Being in that office, God gave me favor with everybody that was in that office. Gave me so much favor. They just loved on me, treated me with respect, everything. God began to elevate me. See, when God put you in a place, even though my money looked low, God had me there to develop me, to get me where I am today. 
So God elevated me on that job. He took me from a file clerk. Then I was a, um, a billing clerk over the second floor. I was taking care of everybody's finances on the second floor in the skilled nursing unit for many years. And then all of a sudden he put me in supervisor. I went from supervisor to director over um, the emergency room, over the switchboard, over the billing office. I had all those people. God had really elevated me. Because I settled for little. And God was making it much. And God even sent a person there to tell the CEO, I want her, leave her there. And at that moment, they they upped my salary. And when they upped my salary, she said, I'm going to get you more. She said, because you're a hard worker. Long story short, when I got up there, y'all, I was saved. But sometimes we can forget God. Sometimes we look at the money and forget where God bought us from. But I was faithful over my job. But see, money can mess you up. Then next thing I know, I got demoted. My pay got cut in half. I was back down to, what, $13 up? Lord, back down to 8 I held up that first check. And I said, God, I thank you for what I have. I thank you that you will take this little and God, you will make it much. I bought God glory with what I had. So what am I saying to you women? God will bring you down to bring you back up where you need to be. But I hear the spirit of the Lord say, some of you women, you're fighting against God to come down. You trying to go up, but you're getting there on your own. God said, I got to bring you to a place that you put me above your money. I got to bring you to a place that you put me above any and everything in your life. When you get to a place of being so content, this is where I had to get, then you will see change in your life. When I come off the job after God got me where I needed to be on the job, going through those trials and tribulations, That's when I start seeing the things I wanted when I was on the job and couldn't get. So I'm telling you now, God resists the proud women, but he give grace unto the humble. So wait on the Lord. Be of a, wait I say, on the Lord. Evaluate yourself. And say, God, what do I have? What am I maintaining that's not my lot? God, what am I holding on to that you have not given me and I won't let go of it because I want people to see me more than I want them to see you? Let me tell you something. The way God is glorified, people know that, well, me and my husband, y'all ain't on no job. Y'all, I work 24-7 for the Lord. But I tell you one thing, God is being glorified. People are seeing that it's no longer us that live, but it's Christ who's living in us. Because every time something pop up in our lives, jealousy pop out. I'm going to say it again. Every time God bless us, jealousy pop up. But see, y'all serving the same God. You got to let God decrease you so he can increase the more in your life. Let God be whom he need to be and say, God, I give you all of me. All of me. Not half, but I give you all of me. So whatever is in my life that I need to get rid of that's not like you, God, I'm willing to let it go. 
God, whatever is holding me that's keeping me from being who I need to be in you, from serving my purpose, God, I leave it. I let go of it because I want you to be glorified. If it's selfishness, I let go of selfishness. Whatever I'm holding on to, here it is. I give it to you. God said you got to lay it at the altar today. Whether it's husband, whether it's children, whether it's your job, whether it's your money, God said you got to leave it at the altar. You got to let it be crucified, y'all, for real. Because God created you with a purpose and he wants you to fulfill that purpose that he has for your life. He knows the plans that he has for you, plans for good and not evil. Plans for what? A hope and a future. To God be the glory. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. You were created 